Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. Great to be with you today, Dr. Paul. Very good. We have a couple things we're going to talk about. Of course, this is Friday. We talk a little bit about economics, and I talk a little bit about gold. But you've uh, come across an article that has stimulated your thinking, and the whole nation has been thinking about it. So uh, we'll talk about that, too, as well. And that has to do with the crisis at the border. And somehow or another, maybe it's related to our president. We'll, we'll have to deal that out. But I don't think we'll have a hard time convincing our audience that Biden hasn't solved the problem and has probably made it much, much worse. But anyway, I want to start off with, uh, you know, what's going on in the gold market. To me, just from a personal viewpoint, the the gold has been sort of in the doldrums, not doing a whole lot. And a lot of gold people, why isn't it going up? Why isn't it going up to spending money? That's going up and all the things that are supposed to happen. And, but that's just the way markets can work. But even this morning, they were very much in the doldrum. But I just noticed, uh, you know, in the last hour or so, I mean, I think it went up over $20. So sometimes it gets exciting rather quickly. But long term is really what counts. If you're looking for gold to make a quick killing and make a bundle in a week, some people might be able to do it. But it's also nerve wracking. It's a good way to lose money, too. So we, uh, we talk a lot about gold, and that's why we're partners with Birch Gold Group, because uh, they're very interested in trying to help people preserve their wealth under these conditions, which are, you know, really rough and tumble and hard to analyze. I had a, saw a headline yesterday that I thought sort of described the Federal Reserve, because we do know the Federal Reserve contributes to a lot of chaos, and uh, the whole purpose of 98% of the activity of the Fed right now is trying to solve the problems they created over the many years, pressured by others who want fiat money. But the headline on Zero Hedge was the Fed's, quote, solution, close quote, to the mess it created. It will tighten and loosen at the same time. Now, that's pretty good because, you know, for years, especially in the 70s, when uh, the Bretton Woods broke down, there was an obsession with watching money supply because the Fed was responding to that. And uh, uh, those numbers came out and made a a big difference. But uh, today it's a little bit different. They pay it. Uh, the the Fed is more, you know, more sophisticated. They can do things because if if you tighten, if you tighten the policy, interest rates are going up. But if you uh, loosen it, it's they're not supposed to go up. But right right today, we have a situation where they're trying to satisfy everybody, and so far, to to a degree, it's working. Uh, the Fed. The Fed loosens it for the keep the interest rates low to have make have Wall Street happy. At the same time, they tighten by buying up some uh, uh, QE and shrinking, theoretically, the the money supply, which is supposed to uh, you know push interest rates up. So they're they're they have two policies: one to lower interest rates, one to raise interest rates. And on the short run, uh, they can fool the public, but eventually, you know, the whole thing comes apart. And that's why when you see a jump of 20 30 $50 in a day, it may morph into something much worse. This is the reason that we advise all our viewers that if, uh, if they have not looked uh, into what uh, the, uh, the, the, the Birch Group offers in, as, well as, as well as for advice about gold, this is a good time maybe to get started because uh, they 
uh, they provide some free information if you just ask them. And the way you ask uh, Birch Gold for this free information uh, dealing with how best to uh, invest in gold uh, is to uh, text Ron at 989898. And that'll get you to uh, Birch Gold and they will send you materials on this subject and there's no charge for that. And they talk about uh, how the transfers can be accomplished without needing to pay any taxes up front and that sort of thing. So, so it's worthwhile uh, to, to uh, get this information if you don't have it. So it's easy to get and it's not expensive to at least find out more about it. I still read everything I can about gold, uh, the pros and cons and what's going on. And there's always something to learn because this whole thing of the Fed admitting uh, mess, they said it's okay to tighten and loosen at the same time, which really is impossible, you know. But but it makes the the markets happy, so the markets work a day at a time. So it is important to get as much information as you can. Uh, it becomes fascinating, but it also is a reflection of the danger we're in, because uh, although the Fed operations are the key to what we worry about. It's also, uh, there are also other, other things that you can look at that are very, very important because there are a lot of factors. The other factor is why is there pressure put on the Fed? One is the debt, the debt in the marketplace, but the federal debt, the government debt. And uh, therefore, you know, if they don't touch that, interest rates are going to go up. So they have to lower interest rates one way or the other without uh, you know, bringing on a recession. But uh, also there, there's this unusual, weird idea that they do admit, and the truth is, recessions and depressions are what is necessary when uh, the, the system gets out of control and prices are going up too much, you have too much price inflation. So that's about all you can do. But it's rather stupid, I think, to have a, del a deliberate policy they said, well, we can manage this, we can feed in this fiat money and the people will be fooled, but uh, we're going to avoid uh, that downturn. Well, it can't be avoided. You can delay it, but eventually if you distort interest rates, you're going to build a bubble and distortion. That's where we are. <clears throat> that makes it even more important, and we understand what's going on, to get as much information as possible. And that is why we advise that if you're interested to go to Ron, nine eight nine eight nine eight and uh, get the information that will help you look at this from birch gold group chris and we do now want to go and talk a little bit about the big issue of the day because political issues have a lot to do with uh safety war spending and all these things which means indirectly uh it's uh it, it reflects on gold even even gold if there's a a sudden outburst of violence and looks like a war is brewing, you don't have to wait for the money supply to show, oh, they're printing more money. Just the, the substance of uh, increasing war is a big deal, even though debt is uh, very, very significant. So that's uh, what, what goes on on a daily basis. And right now, the debt is astronomical and getting worse. And there's no sign, zero sign. I don't care who's going to get elected, except for a couple 
good people, you know, into the Congress. But overall, there is not going to be an administration that says, you know, those people over there at RPI, I think they know what they're talking about. We need to cut back. And the people know and understand that. They have to bite the bullet. No way, no way. And they're going to... <clears throat> They're going to want the inflation that he had for as long as possible. And every day, there's some other new promise of some largesse, some more money passed out. You know, even, even the whole thing the president last week saying, well, we don't want them to have debt. We have to take care of the debt. So we're going to exempt the debt, all the student debt, not all of it, but billions of dollars. Of it. We'll just exempt it and dismiss it. Well, you can't correct the mistakes that are made. They're already built in. And uh, the whole economy has been built in, especially, especially it's been built in more so since 2008 with a mal malinvestment and distortion of interest rates. So we should expect a lot more trouble. But on top of this is the immigration problem. The immigration problem uh, is also a political and economic event. And uh, it, it looks like, uh, you know, I always struggle with they couldn't be doing this deliberately. No, they're, they're not. They're not that evil. But Chris finds a couple of things to suggest maybe they had plans all along, which a lot of us suspected that being the case, that, uh, that this was a deliberate policy. And it wasn't something that Biden thought up afterwards to say, oh, we need more people in this country. But don't send any of them to Delaware. We're not looking for more people in Delaware from uh, these various countries. So that, that's, that is going on. It's a big deal. It's probably the big issue of the campaign. It's the immigration, folks. Yeah, that's what is so, so serious about what's going on. Immigration is a big deal, and it is not going to be solved. Uh, I think it uh, can be improved with better policy, which we hope for. But in a way, a lot of problems have been built into the system. And that, that is what we're facing today. Chris? Yes, Dr. Paul. Uh, here's a chart our studio engineer will put up that we came across. It's very striking. And uh, it shows, since Biden took office, the number of illegals that are crossing into the country. You can contrast it with uh, the period before when President Trump was there. And uh, yeah, this, this seems deliberate because I, we found a quote from 2015, well before he was president, where Biden, you know, he, he told us his thoughts. He said, quote, and the wave still continues. It's not going to stop, nor should we want it to stop. As a matter of fact, it's one of the things I think we can be most proud of, end quote. Well, we have a problem with that. So it's no surprise that uh, this is what Biden has done. And, uh, you know, my personal opinion is, you know, human beings, when, when, when immigration happens like this, it creates big problems because human beings are not the same. And you'll think, you'll hear people, all the, yes, yes, we are all the same. Yes, we do have two eyes and two ears and legs and arms. And in America, we should be the, treated the same under the law. We know that's not true. Unfortunately, there are plenty of people who are above the law, way above the law. But in America, the people should all be treated the same under the law. But, you know, there's a lot more to being a human being than just the law. Around the world, there are different, uh, in all the different nations, they have different beliefs, different uh, beliefs on government, different cultures. What do they think about freedom? Their social habits, their religious beliefs, 
how to raise children. So in each nation, you know, there's a common set of beliefs. Even here, when I go out my door today, I, I'm not going to be surprised by what happens. You know, there's a common understanding culture on what happens here. And when we go to another country, if I were to go to Japan, I would have to adapt. I'm not in America anymore. This is how it's done in Japan. This is what the people here think and believe. And this is what they believe about their government. And I would have to adapt. Uh, so everybody is different in that sense. And, uh, you know, but the left, they're so childish. Oh, you don't like people with different color skin. It has nothing to do with that. You know, it, think of on a very micro uh, scale. Like if my aunts or my uncles or my cousins, people that I love were to move into my house, forcefully move into my house, there would be conflict. They live differently than I do. They, what they do at 8 o'clock may be different than what I do. They may eat at different times. And we would come into a lot of conflicts. Now, these are people that I love. I don't want them invading my space. So it has nothing to do with skin color. But, you know, people need to acclimate to where they go. And when people just flood in like this, there is going to be conflict. We're already seeing the conflict. It's all over social media. People talk about this all the time. My friends, my family, they're all talking about what is going on with our country and that border. And this is nothing that Biden should be proud of. Very, very good. You know, uh, as I said, I struggled for years about hard to believe that individuals would plan this. But I think the type of information that Chris has sort of verifies and there's information that they actually have talked about this before and that is a plan. So you just wonder why. I don't think I, I don't, I'm not anywhere close to what, what basic motivations they have for that because it, it makes no sense. It's unconstitutional. It's immoral. And it's a, it's a mess. And uh, I, I don't know what, what they're really motivated by. All, all along since I've been in politics, I've always taken a position that, you know, uh, most Americans have a, a pretty broad-minded position on it because so many of us have relatives that came here, you know, by immigrants. And certainly our family did that. But uh, so you don't want to say, no, no more immigrants. You know, we have to close the doors because we are a large nation and a prosperous nation. But for some reason, uh, it's out totally out of control. And uh, I think that that is what the, the American people are upset about. They're, they're up, upset because they, uh, they, they seem to be overrun. I don't think that, uh, you know, like, just like in the last campaign, they got these terms uh, messed up about uh, insurrection. You know, there's there's an insurrection, no, no demonstration. Oh no, it's an insurrection. They're taking over the world, and they lied all through that thing and created a monstrous problem that's still going on, which meant they were going to violate the civil liberties of many uh, Americans. So this this key continues to go on. But I think this whole thing about uh, the uh, the people coming in, I I think the word is invasion. You know, uh, oh, what do you mean invasion? They don't have any guns, but they don't have to. Our guards just laid their guns down and said, come on in. We have no rules. We do whatever you want. 
It will pay your way. We'll provide homes, even if we have to take it from hardworking Americans. So they, they did that. And I'm convinced anytime you subsidize something, make it easy to become a citizen or bribe them to become a citizen, you're going to get a heck of a lot more of it. And it's been at the expense of the American people. But I think that problem comes from the fact of a careless attitude about what property is all about. Because if you think of immigration as something, uh, how do we deal with immigration uh, invaders into our own home? I don't think there are many Americans, rich, poor, middle class, who say, yeah, I have a house here, but I think we can squeeze two more people in here. So we're going to invite a couple in uh, to stay. And if the government sends them, that's okay, too. So they, they, uh, uh, they, they go along with that. But, but before you know it, you have, uh, have something that's turned into an invasion. And uh, literally, when you think of the people that are here, what it has to do with our civil liberties, our defense of our country, and all that's going on, uh, it has been an invasion. And uh, you can't invade a person's house. Uh, you know, the Bastia principle is, if you and I can't do it, and you can't march into your neighbor's house or send your friends into your neighbor's house, the government can't do it either. But the government now, you know, not to everybody's house yet, but that's what communism is all about. What they do is they, uh, they, they put it into public arena. The public will take care of them. So who paid for the public? Well, the citizens that have been here. They're the ones who built the hospitals and, and the roads and everything else. So it was all, it, it is property, but it's collective. When it's collective, governments generally can do whatever they want. But if it were pro more private property, uh, you know, I think in a, in a theoretically, a theoretical all libertarian society and all the land was owned from people, you wouldn't have any problem with immigration. I think it would be generous, but it would be very deliberate. You would not be allowed to just bring anybody in uh, and put them on somebody else's property. So I think there's a big issue of property with this runaway immigration that's going on. Uh, and it would be helpful if people thought more of that in, in, the, in those terms. But right now, I tell you what, uh, nobody owns anything except what the government tells you. Go to it. You know, we'll, we'll take care of it. More the merrier. And that's sort of what I got from some of these Biden quotes. Uh, the more the merrier. But he never says why. And he never says, I think we can handle another million people in Delaware. We still have property in Delaware. I doubt if that's going to happen. Chris? Is <laughs> a matter of property. And while, you know, we've never had a perfect government, and we never will, uh, it surely was better when it came to immigration. Both, both sides of my family came from other countries, and it was tough to get in here. They had to have sponsors. They had to have jobs. You know, somebody had to account for them. No one else was going to pick up the bill for them. So, yeah, he's staying with me. He's working for me. His family's coming. They're all taken care of. Now we have, you know, our great society from LBJ, massive, massive welfare state, perhaps the biggest in the entire world. And now the taxpayer just picks up the bills. Dr. Paul and Daniel did a show yesterday. We're in New York City. They're handing out $10,000 refillable <laughs> debit cards. So they're bringing all these people in and sticking us with the bill. I mean, this is the craziest thing one could ever imagine, but it's actually happening in real life. And the welfare state, it increases the burden on us. It incentivizes more people to come in. 
and incentivizes them not to work. Why bother? Why work? Government's given us money. It also, on the other side, incentivizes Americans not to be charitable. Why be charitable? Let the government take care of these people. It's such a warped welfare state system that is getting us from every angle, and it's also going to spiral us into we're already in terrible financial shape as it is. Now it's going to get even worse on top of this conflict of cultures. So they are setting up a perfect storm of problems. And like you said, Dr. Paul, uh, what are their motivations? <laughs> well, I don't think we'll find out exactly, but I don't believe they're motivated by a higher law that develops and gets people to understand what the morality should be in legislation and how we treat people. You know, the, um, the w one thing is, is there's, there's a lot to worry here and things are getting bad and they're going to get worse before they get better, I'm sure. Uh, and we have all this debt and the resolution of the financial system and all the wars that we're in. Uh, overall, I still think they're going to end because uh, the nature of the system will limit it because people will get disgusted with an empire and people are getting disgusted with our our, our, our demands that we place around the world with our reserve currency status, and uh, they're, they're, they're not as pleased with us as they used to be. They're still after our money as long as the money will work. But the money won't work forever. It's going to quit, and that's when the people will turn away. You know, they were riding high, and there's still some that want to ride high on the use of uh, epidemics and pandemics to control the people. And uh, yes, it was horrible, still is bad because it violated so many people's civil liberties. But uh, the, the whole thing is the people did wake up. They finally said enough is enough and people have resisted. So I think, I think that will happen. I think, uh, you, you know, that eventually a financial system like this usually ends when the, when the uh, inflation gets so bad, prices are going up so rapidly, the people, you know, it just doesn't function anymore. Uh, we're not on the verge of that, but it's possible if we continue to do that. And, and sometimes that can pop up ra rather uh, quickly. And I think that is what we have to be concerned about. But the people will, will finally say enough is enough. But the big problem, Chris, as I see it, is yes, they may get disgusted and say enough is enough, we, we need to do it. But we can't even agree on, you know, maybe deciding to be less involved in our wars. Why don't we limit it to the Constitution? Don't fight a war unless we're being attacked and there's a, there's a declaration of war. No, the wars go on and we fight and fume over how much money should go to Ukraine uh, versus Gaza. You know, that, that's, not, uh, that's too far removed. But eventually, we have to help the young people and other people who are interested to understand what our system is about, like, what our Constitution is all about. And the answers aren't difficult. And uh, the one thing wonderful about a, a freedom system where liberty is protected, you have the maximum amount of freedom and you have the maximum amount of uh, largesse, that you have the, the most ability to live and you can have a richer society and under these degrees. Right now, our society is getting poorer and poorer no matter how much debt there is, no matter how much, no matter how much abuse of our civil liberty, we're not getting more free. You know, yesterday we mentioned the fact that, well, one congresswoman, ah, I have a solution. Everybody needs more money. 
The minimum wage for everybody should be $50 an hour. And that would solve the problem. Oh boy, I'll tell you what, if we don't, uh, if we, we don't combat that type of thinking, we don't have much chance. But that's where we are winning outside of the government schools. We are having more and more people reading and studying freedom uh, uh, economics, Austrian economics, and understanding why sound money makes more sense than monopoly money. So that, that'll happen out of necessity. And we here at RPI want to encourage that, uh, that expectation and encourage the understanding of sound money and personal liberty. Very good, Dr. Paul. I will finish up with my closing thoughts. Uh, just food for thought. You know, I try to think, what are their motivations for this? And obviously, I, I don't know. Um, I only go by what they say. And we can clearly see that they want this surveillance state on us, uh, this cli artificial climate religion imposed on us, the woke culture where there is no truth other than what the government says. Fauci said, I am the science, over in, uh, during COVID with New Zealand, Ardern. She said, we are the source of truth. So everybody's supposed to walk around with no truth other than what they say. And of course, they lie about everything. So they want to impose this, but it's very tough to impose it on a unified uh, country. And if there is enough unity, you know, we have a lot of people on the left, but there is enough unity to fight off their bad ideas. You know, most people don't believe the climate religion or the wokeism or, you know, and don't want to be surveilled. So how do you break a population like that? Well, one way is to flood a bunch of people that are, you know, different culturally beliefs uh, and already on welfare or dependent on the government voting for these people. That's one way to break the unity. If you have uh, conflicting cultures and financial ruin, which we're racing towards, you know, that opens the door for tyranny if that were to happen in this country, because then the strong man comes in and say, you know, this is chaos. I am going to restore law and order with an iron fist. I will fix these clashing cultures because everyone is going to say or do what I say. You know, so we are opening the door for that madman if we continue down this road. So, you know, again, this is all speculation. But, you know, I'm trying to connect the dots just like everyone else. We have to be vigilant in speaking out, especially uh, with this open border situation. Very good. I'm going to close with a brief statement that I've made before, and that has to be, has to be dealing with the First Amendment. Because I talk about getting information out there, understanding, understanding economics, and all, all these things, understanding history, that the whole thing is uh, important, but we really, really need the First Amendment. And that's the reason they put it up, number one, because they thought it was the most important. And uh, if, uh, if you can't have the First Amendment to discuss these problems, we're in big trouble. But we've lived these last several years as a real challenge to our civil liberties. I'll tell you, the, uh, this whole principle, well, if you don't go along with this uh, group of people made up of corporations, pharmaceutical companies, uh, uh, the, the military industrial complex, and, uh, and then come along and, and the government and they, they wheel and deal together to cancel people, punish them, make economic penalties for this. 
And that, that is really bad. People are catching on, but it's still way out of control. And unless, and, and sometimes a lot of this activity, and they hear these stories, just think of this agony that Assange is going through. And uh, that's an attitude. Silence the people who are opposing the principles of liberty. And that, if that has to be dealt with, might be put at the top of the list. I know how important the Second Amendment is and all of all the other amendments. But I tell you what, you have to have the right to speak out uh, with uh, a free will without being threatened by being put in jail. I think there's a lot of people already who haven't spoken out because they're intimidated, because I feel it myself at times. I wonder if I should have said that. What if I should have said that? That is criminal. That's, that's why the real goal has to be to protect our right to speak out and uh, make sure that these groups of uh, special interests, whether they're the corporate interests or the government interests, that we don't continue to move in that direction. Protecting our liberties was the number one reason why we had a revolution and a constitution. And we need to dedicate ourselves to the preservation of those principles. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.